1: Good to hear that sound again. I am back from my trip, I'm Dr. Mason West, and joined again by Danny Meehan, co-host of Bare Bones. How are you doing, Danny?
0: I'm good, Doc. How are you doing?
1: I, I think this is the first day that I felt a little bit normal after my Disney vacation. I'm not going to lie. I've been exhausted.
0: How was the mouse?
1: It was awesome. Uh, we did like 20,000 <laughs> steps a day, which is too much. Uh, we did 22 rides one day at Magic Kingdom, which again is too much, uh, but you know, it was fun.
0: That sounds like a good time. I haven't been to Disney since I was like seven years old, so uh,
1: definitely worth the trip. And I can plan it for you. I got you unlocked. Don't worry.
0: Oh, uh, you know what, Mason? There's no one I would trust to do it besides you.
1: Well, we have a lot to talk about, so we got to dive right in. Do it. This freaking Bears are just always full of news, and none of it's good most of the time. Uh, but first thing we'll start with because it's pretty straightforward. Bears have signed defensive tackle Andrew Billings to a two-year contract extension. 8.5 million dollar deal that has 6 million guaranteed. What are your
0: thoughts on that thing? Um, I think it's a good value for a player that's pretty doggone good, right? Like Billings is nothing to write home about in terms of pass rush ability really. He does cause some interior pocket pressure, but he's more of a run stuffer, take up space, hold your ground kind of guy let the let the linebackers rally behind him, right? It seems like a good value fi- signing. And for a guy who's twenty eight, he's probably more than happy to take his six and a half million guaranteed and and be here for the next two years. He's gonna end up spending probably the second longest tenure of his career in Chicago when it's all said and done.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. And I'm right there with you. And if anything this seemed like a pretty solid team friendly deal to me. Um I think his play maybe it's, it's exaggerated because of how bad the Bears defense as a whole has been and the bright spot that he is, but based on what he's been able to do, how important he's been to really the only bright spot this team it has been which is really the run stopping. He's been a big part of that both literally and figuratively.
0: I agree. He he he's a really good value find. But they got because I want to say he was nicked up last year a little bit, or like he wasn't able to play to his full capability. And the Bears got him off the scrap heap, really. I think he's a minimum deal this year. So yeah,
1: exactly. And yeah, just being able to get him for what you got. Like at some point you got to keep good players around. He's been a good player. I don't care, you know, if he's you know, one tech, three tech, edge, you know, get just get your line right and this that's, that's a good step towards it.
0: No kidding.
1: Um moving on. Bears do not trade Jalen Johnson. Uh, I think his comments were interesting. I personally, I think, attached a little more to Ryan Poles' comments. Uh, like if you listen to his press conference, mm-hmm. first of all, and I've said this a couple of times, beyond refreshing to have a GM that actually not just talks, but I mean, he kind of went step by step and told you everything that went down so far in these contract negotiations, which you definitely don't get before. And I think it highlights some of the frustrations that the polls has felt, because I think when you go to bear Twitter, you listen to most fans, you know, page Allen Johnson, he's a, he's an amazing corner. He's one of the best players on the Bears defense. Why aren't you paying this man? And I think you kind of see behind the curtain as to why so far it hasn't happened.
0: So it's, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Ryan polls is a articulate, well-spoken guy. I don't think necessarily, of course, he's going to try to paint it. Like he's doing everything he can to retain his corner. Jalen's going to play the disgruntled player, right? Like I'm disrespected. You should be paying me. And I'm probably one of the biggest Jalen Johnson fans there is. I think he's a hell of a player who's gotten better every year. It used to be his first couple seasons, especially where he would have a great four, three, four, five game stretch. And then he would kind of Peter off. And this year it hasn't been the case. He's been pretty consistent throughout the season to this point, things can always change. But to me, it seems like something may have gotten lost in translation yeah. between the two parties. Like, I don't know. Like if, he, if, if Ryan polls is saying, I thought we were close, but someone else is reporting. Clearly it's Jalen's agent saying, Oh, they were disrespectful with the offer. They submitted first off. To the general public who may not know, there's more than one or two offers that get submitted. There are a multitude of going back and forth, back and forth to find the agreement, whether it be contract language, guaranteed money, years, total money, et cetera, et cetera. So the truth is obviously somewhere in the middle, but if you want my personal opinion, I think somewhere between the two parties, something got missed and lost in translation. Yeah, I mean, Paul's
1: even said as much, you know, he, he alluded to the difference when you're doing emails or texts, right, and having these conversations where you can poo someone for doing that in a professional setting, but I think we all do it now, you know.
0: It, it's it's the way of the world.
1: It's just how it is, you know, text you can't infer things unless you're about to send a bunch of winky emojis and all this crazy stuff, um, and then going as far as what Paul said, too, regarding, you know, they left conversations on Sunday with Jalen's representatives, and he's texting people back at Hallis like, oh, this is going to get done soon. And then there's a trade request. So, you know, you could tell he was taken aback a bit. And, yes, from my understanding, the initial offer at Jalen, and that's been the case across the board, Tremaine Evans was the same way, and a bunch of the free agents and a bunch of their own players, the Bears start really low. You know, they're that guy in your fantasy league that offers you, you know, a future third round pick for justin jefferson to get the conversation going and you're like you have to understand that that's not that's not the final offer and Paul said as much on that as well at no point did either side say hey it's you know 14 million dollars take it or leave it they were still in the talks and it seems like in more so in today's day and age not to be the guy sitting on my porch yelling at kids on the grass but some of these players are getting a little hastier and now all of a sudden going to the media and saying this isn't working
0: it's and it's clearly some of that we're in the the era of players trying to get their rights trying to get their money get everything they're worth for every year you can because it's a finite number of years in your career i mean take yeah. look at it from this perspective i'm 33 years old how many guys in any pro league are left at 33 years old but not a lot very little no it's it and i'm not quote unquote old by definition you know so you're just football I get, old. i'm 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 pro athlete old right <laughs> so it's i don't begrudge guys for saying it and trying to get everything they're worth but the art of negotiating if you're the player if you want the moon you ask for the galaxy and the stars yep if if you're the the organization, you're going to say, well, he wants the moon. Let's offer him the continent. You know? you you going to
1: go with a shack in Guatemala, but that works too.
0: <laughs> I just picture Shaquille O'Neal in Guatemala just doing his little shimmy dance. <laughs> just, uh... <laughs> but yeah, so
1: you're actually right. It's a game. It's a dance, right? You know, both sides understand that. And I keep going back to this, but fantasy football-wise, you know, or anything you do of that nature, you're not going to offer what you truly think this player is worth right away because
0: you want to maybe get a better deal. Think of it as you leaving a company yourself. You're making $75,000 a year. You get a company offering you 83 to leave. You tell them, do you go to your current company who's paying you 75? Hey, listen, I'm being offered 83. You can match it or I'm leaving. They go, okay, well we can't get to 83. We can get to 78 plus Christmas and Christmas and Performance bonuses, but you get to keep your current benefits, and say the benefits at your current job are real good. Like, and but the 83, 000 is being offered from a startup company who doesn't have the cash flow to get necessarily great benefits, it, it's a it's a weighing decision, right? It's it, you just got to kind of put it into your own atmosphere of what you can akin it to, because we don't live in these guys' worlds where we're seeing, like, because in my world, I think he probably wants like Tredevious White money. In terms of a guarantee over the four years, which I believe he's averaging over seventeen and a half million a year, like that's a lot of money for a guy who's really not as good as Tredavious White, even when even with Tredavious being hurt. Yeah.
1: So we'll we'll have to wait and see what what happens with this. It's all the wait and see. If if I had to put money down on it, my bet is a deal gets done. I I, I just have a. It just seems like that's the way it's going to go. You know, right now Jalen is saying you know, he's waiting to he's not doing contract negotiations at this point in time. You know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, it's 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 all we can do is wait and see. Uh,
1: and then bearing the lead a little bit here, Bears traded for an edge rusher, right? Montez Sweat. Uh, he they traded a second round pick, which is going to be a pretty high pick, more likely top than 40. not, top forty pick. Um, in is this the same as the Chase
0: Claypool trade? No. So you're paying already Thank for. You. An established football player who's a god. He's not one of the premier edge rushers in football. Tier, he's in, not tier second, top of the tier, middle of the tier two. Yeah, like my my worry with him is always going to be he was the third best player on that defensive line.
1: But is that and then to play devil's advocate, is that just more about their defensive line, the line?
0: <laughs> or, or is, is it, uh, or is he, or is he? thriving because of guys exactly. like deron Payne and jonathan, jonathan allen, allen existing yeah so it we won't know until he suits up for the bears right when he is going to be the man like and that's that's where the other part with the to get to your question the reason chase claypool cost at the top cost cost at words dan the reason Chase Claypool cost you that high second-round pick last year was because he had an additional year of control. That's what you're paying. for. That's the same pr- principle in baseball when you see three top-10 prospects in a team's organization get moved for a pitcher who's on an expiring deal. It's like well, or on a, or, or with three years of team control, left, rather, because you've got three years of team control. You can part with these great player or these great potential players because you're getting a guy who's already spoken for under your rights for the next three to four seasons. So it's different. And the, the issue with Montez sweat is we're now learning. And mind you, I think Montez sweat is really good. I like the acquisition in a vacuum, but this doesn't exist in a vacuum. This exists in the context of everything else. It's similarly how I viewed the Tevin Jenkins move up in terms of like the player, hate the process of how you got to the player. You are going to be, he, it sounded like he was going to Atlanta and they already had a deal almost effectively worked out. It doesn't seem like he's quite thrilled to be here, which you pay the guy his money. It's not going to matter. He's going to be thrilled because he's going to be getting his, I would guess he tops the Rashawn Gary deal. If I, I had was,
1: to do And I was about to bring that out and you beat me to the punch. Uh so Rashawn Gary, he had a four year ninety-six million dollar extension in new money, 107 mil overall with a signing bonus of thirty-four million dollars. So my question to you would be if you that would be a twenty four mil a year. So let's just say it was twenty five. Would you I would say okay twenty five. Would yeah, you be okay? I mean,
0: with you have to be. You when you make this deal, you have to extend it there's and letting him get to the franchise tag should not be an option.
1: So let me push back on you slightly in terms of the process. How what what part of the process are you not happy with and how could that process have been better?
0: My my part of the process I'm not happy with is the fact that you moved a to top 40 pick for him. In a year when you're not doing anything. And he's a guy not Entering his prime, he's in his peak years. He's 27, he'll be 28. You're going to be paying him when you're theoretically building a roster, still, for when he's not going to be at the peak of his powers.
1: I would say most pass rushers up through, say through 32.
0: Maybe. I mean, he, him losing a step is going to bring him back to above average. The way he tested at the combine and everything, he's a, Legitimate freak athlete.
1: It ran like I think it ran a four, 4 40 I mean, I so guess Chris Jones is twenty nine. I mean, obviously, that I said thirty two, but Chris Jones is twenty nine, and I don't think he's stopping anytime soon. Uh, let's see who's another guy? You know, Daniel Hunter is twenty nine. Twenty nine
0: like, le- leads the NFL in sacks right now, I believe. Right.
1: So, like. You know, obviously, and every player is different. Some some are going to peter off sooner than others. Some are going to go sure. longer than others.
0: And, and I'm not saying I'm not saying he's going to just fall off an absolute cliff. I'm yeah. just saying right now he's going to be at the peak of his physical abilities.
1: And like you and like you said too, right? I mean, so he has six and a half sacks this year on pace for ten, which he's never had mm-hmm. ten sacks before. Uh, ten mm-hmm. tackles for loss, eleven quarterback hits this season. And like you said, was he kind of overshadowed by a Jonathan Allen, Jeron Payne, or was he bolstered by that? And so does he take off a little more, right? Because he was always getting a lot of pressures, but maybe not converting as much as you'd like. If you look Mm -hmm. at some of his numbers, does he convert a little bit more now that he doesn't have some of those other players taking the sacks? And I think the other layer you look at it is, at least that I do, if you take that second round pick and obviously like the thing you can't sub in and out of this is the money, right? You you draft someone's second round pick. That's that's a cheap contract that you have for that entire period of time. And so you decide to potentially extend that Mm -hmm. player. That is what it is. But you know, the, the caliber of player you're hoping to get, you know, thinking, I'm going to very, stay very bear centric with this, who, when they traded away that Chase Playpool pick, that became, I believe, Joey Porter Jr.,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And this is, again, in a vacuum, so take that with a grain of salt, so don't come at me super hard for this, people in the chat and comments. But would you prefer <laughs> Sweat or Joey Porter Jr.? Joey Porter I Jr. Wow, I'm blown away by that. I would take Sweat.
0: Um, It's partially just contract control.
1: A, I'm oh, saying if you're not doing the contract. Oh, oh
0: you know, without I'm, the contract. I'm saying the player uh, in position. Player position, probably Montez Sweat, because I will always be in the camp of pass rushers make the make the secondary's life easier, not vice versa.
1: And then just to keep down that road, you know, uh, pass second round picks for the Bears, Cole Komet. Right. Okay, I mean, you're taking Montez Sweat over Cole Komet, I assume.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm a totally unbiased party in this this conversation. <laughs> And then
1: <laughs> another really interesting one, Jalen Johnson, like in a vacuum, if you just are, you're playing Madden, and you're putting players on your team, it's now a second round pick time. Are you taking sweat? Are you taking Jalen Johnson?
0: That's a little tougher. Cause I think at this moment, Jalen's better than Joey Porter jr. And he's younger still Jalen's yeah. just turning 24. That's a, that's a different conversation. I probably still lean sweat because edge rusher, edge rusher. I, I mean, it, it, Things some things will never change. The the peop, the most expensive players in the league are going to be your quarterback. The people who protect the quarterback and the people who kill the quarterback. Yeah, that's it.
1: And your path to getting a viable edge rusher is tough, right? Because if you look, if you listen to Dane Brugler, which I do, I think he's one of the best out there in terms of draft he's, And
0: analysis. He's probably the the best right now.
1: He doesn't really have an edge in the top. 10 for the most part, I believe. I mean, like this so, is
0: a, from everything I've even watched to, which is limited to compared, obviously in comparison to Dane, in my opinion is nothing. And, but it's a good, not great class, even from my, my vantage point. So in terms of, your, edge
1: rushers. so one of your top picks you have currently two first round picks, probably is not going to be an edge unless you trade it down mm-hmm. with, because something crazy happened. Uh, who's to know what a second round prospect and edge is going to be. If you look at free agency, first, do you have, so, so right now, Sweat Young are two of the top names there. Um, clearly, you know, like you said, Atlanta was in the business and they were going to have a contract worked out. So he wasn't going to reach free agency. You have a Daniel Hunter. Is he going to reach free agency? You have a Brian Burns. Is he going to reach free agency? So now you—that's not enough. Look at last year. We were saying well, you're we we're sitting gonna, here what, saying DeRon Payne was going to be all oh, right. Chicago Bear, DeRon Payne, and then they got a deal done.
0: And well, I mean, you're the name you're gonna be looking at it right this coming off season is gonna be Bryce Hoff. Yeah, because he's that, going to get free. He's going to get free. Yes. Now so,
1: and and edge, though I will say, is one of those you can't have enough edge players. And are you Yannick's on a one-year deal? I mean, what if you're going into next year with Sweat and Huff? Mm-hmm.
0: Hmm? 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 I mean, that makes it look a lot better, especially because theoretically, what you could do is your line would then look like left to right, Sweat, Billings. I would probably kick Walker inside to make him your full-time three technique because that's where he does most of his damage anyway. And then Huff would be your outside, your, your other outside edge defender, which you do that, looks pretty formidable because then you're rotating in guys like Dexter.
1: And so I totally understand what you're saying in terms of the process and where the Bears are at in this rebuild.
0: Oh, no, it's a devil's I- advocate
1: and i i i literally that when i first saw it i was like i don't like this i woke up the next morning and i was like i think i like this um so i'm waffling a little on it i get the process i see why they're doing it polls i'm going to give polls the benefit of the doubt for now on this one because he's the one that sat there and tore this thing down and now's trying to piece it back together so in terms of it's you have to start getting, and we've said this. You have to start getting blue chip talent. I'm not saying he's necessary, but he's the bluest, one of the bluest players on this defense right now, and he hasn't yeah, played so. Yet.
0: I guess this boils down to a question then, especially with the 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 soundbite of Adam Hogue on on the Bernstein and Holmes show yesterday, mm-hmm. him saying he doesn't get the feeling Iberflus is in any sort of danger. You know the way that. Poles talks about him the way that he he's around he's in that room every day. You get a sense a lot of times when a GM is trying to distance himself from a coach. Do I think Poles or or Ibrufus is coming back? No, no, I do not. I don't believe sort of a miracle you can bring him back.
1: But when Poles gives the endorsement that he did in that press conference, you can kind of he's not out on Ibrufus. He's not
0: counting down the hours to firing him. No, he's not. The question then becomes, I'm pretty close to as out as out can be on as Ryan, as Ryan Poles at this moment. Um, is this a move trying to save a regime's skin? Like, if we can just get this defense right. get Because the, the run defense is good. The secondary is playing well, all things considered. The pass rush is what's killing you. You've got a viable NFL second-tier pass rusher now, who's going to make mismatch problems. You've got an offense that seems to be finding itself in some capacity. You know, I say what you want. They they are running the ball better. They're trying to make everything work as best they can. I think Luke Getzey is an overpromoted wide receivers coach who's calling plays. But I digress is how much of this is a move to just, like, not get fired?
1: It's interesting because as out as you are on polls, I I just feel like he's not on the hot seat in any way. So I don't know that it's necessarily him saving his job. I think it's more of a combo of how do I just make – how do I make my team better around me or how to make the team better as a whole – how do I give help to my head coach right now? His head coach is Matt Everflus, and he is committed right now to helping his head coach kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's more that I would be blown it could be. away. I, I, I'm it asking a question. Yeah. The
0: other part of it is that's a, I get that Montez Sweat can play outside linebacker in a three four. He's a four three defensive end, though, where he's done most of his work and, and done a lot of his ascension. It does. It, again, I don't think Ibrahimo is staying, but it certainly doesn't feel like they're in a hurry to make any sort of decision.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's so tough when you're in this position, right? Because you want to acquire talent, but does that talent match? You know, if you, and that talent has to match the current regime. But at the same time, like you can't future-proof de- determining what the next, if there is a next regime, what that's going to be. If, you know, if it's a three-four, is it a four-three? Obviously, now in the NFL, it matters a little less cause teams are playing less base anyway. It's all these nickels and dimes and stuff. Nickel
0: and dime and quarter and yeah.
1: So I think it matters less. And I sure I think Sweat is a guy that can play both. I mean, we had this whole conversation with Robert Quinn. You know, it's all he's used to having his hand in the dirt and then he sucked year one, but did he have a drop foot issue and then year two he sets the league, you know, record in sacks with, with in the, from this other position. So I think it matters less, but it's definitely a data point to consider.
0: Yeah, I'm just posing the question. I'm not saying I know he, one way or the other.
1: It's It'll be interesting, um, and I think we'll actually dive in more on this as we finish, continue the show. Um, our, we'll go to our concussed corner. Speaking of Iberflus, so mine wasn't a game decision. Mine is a combination of Iberflus' message to the Bears at halftime of that game as well as the, you know, on Monday in that presser uh, – he noted at halftime, right? What, what the problems were too many penalties that set drives back on offense. Operation wasn't as clean as it needed to be. Bears weren't executing the basics on defense, cupping the ball, force, you know, pursuit apex and tackling goals, all that jazz. And then you get to Monday's presser, and I feel like he rarely, I don't think, he, I, at no point have I heard Flew say, I didn't call a good game. Or did he say, us as coaches didn't prepare our players correctly? Or, we didn't da 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 It's always the players' execution, the players mm-hmm. this, the players that, and that's continued throughout this week actually too. If you follow those, like it's always yep. about the players. And they got to execute stuff, better. Yep. And this is connect connect to something we're going to talk about a little bit later. I don't want to get into uh, the whole the firing of the coach quite yet. There's a point that's the future thing. At what point does Ivan just look at himself and say, just just say that? I mean, because I think I would think if I'm a player, if I'm if I'm Poles, if I'm this, if I'm that, if I'm the coaches. At some point, you got to take some accountability for this shit. Like, I agree. You're, the, you're the hits guy. You're the coachy coach and da 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 da, da. Why aren't you getting your players to cup the ball appropriately on defense to take the proper angles? Yes, execution matters. The jimmies and Joes matter more than the Xs and Os and all that jazz. But you're the one still getting them there.
0: I agree. Um, is this time for my concussed corner, or are we still – Piloting off of what you're saying.
1: Nah, I mean, it is what it is. Flu sucks. What's yours?
0: <laughs> um, The... So have you ever seen the movie 50 First Dates with Adam Sandler? Yeah. Good where then. he's da- dating the girl where she gets her slate wiped clean every night before mm-hmm. the morning? That's Luke Getzey every week. Whatever he does on offense, the slate is wiped clean. And <laughs> he just forgets everything. <laughs> okay. It's the funniest thing. Like... Whatever was working two weeks ago, he did not bring it to LA. And he just, he tried to do the same like passing game and make these, make Tyson Bajant this drop back, throw the ball so many damn times passer. Which
1: don't forget the end around to Trent Taylor right into Clayl Mack.
0: Oh, that was fun. Yes. Don't forget that. Trent, little Trent Taylor meeting that guy in space. Lovely. I mean, at least we didn't – did we see the commit sneak? I don't think we did. No, so we didn't. Amazingly, we didn't no. get – No, oh, damn it. Like, I – what is going on in that offensive meeting room where, every, where anything and everything that works, it's like they're trying to outsmart themselves. Like, oh, we put things that worked on tape. They can't know about it. Throw it all away and completely come up with a new game plan to go again. It's like they're trying to make individualized game plans for each week against each individual opponent. And that doesn't work in the NFL. Like there's a reason like these teams have to establish their quote unquote bread and butter in training camp.
1: Well, it's almost like they're, they're defensively playing offense, right? They're, they're not establishing mm -hmm. their will and what they want to do. They're saying, well, we think they're going to do this. So we're going to react in this way.
0: They're trying to counterpunch. They're trying to be Floyd Mayweather to every opponent. opponent. And that just doesn't work in the NFL. Like, Eventually, you got to make the defense adjust to you. And it was the same thing after the back-to-back weeks of Justin Fields where they were moving the pocket and he was taking off and doing everything like that. They stopped doing that. Yep, here's like,
1: a three, five-step drop back. Good luck, Justin.
0: Like, And I just don't under like, – and I think the other part of it was um, – you know what, we'll touch on this later. I'm sure we'll get to Tyson Bajan in a minute, but I'm not going to go on that yet. <laughs> Well, we're going
1: to take a quick break here, and we're going to talk about ankle repair. Achilles, the first thing to hit the ground when you play most sports is your foot. So why isn't your foot and ankle strength a priority for you? Achilles was created by founder Trey Villarreal and co-founder Eric Slosberg to give every athlete the advantage to perform with confidence and allow them to play at 100% even after suffering serious injuries. It is trusted by collegiate and professional teams all over the nation. The Achilles has been shown to increase muscle development by as much as 320% in the lower leg muscles. I use this myself for my personal ankle strength and with all of my lower extremity patients. Often transitioning from table to functional movements and standing can be hard due to ankle weakness. Traditional bands are too weak and many standing balance exercises are too hard. Achilles bridges the gap by bulletproofing the ankles and knees. Achilles can be used for rehabilitation, injury prevention and overall strengthening. So it's great for the clinic, the gym or the home. Wanna see it in action? Head to their Instagram, Achilles underscore nation or my own personal page, Dr. West Sport PT, then go to anklerepair.com to order yours, yourself. Ankle Repair, do it. Your ankles will thank you.
0: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: Time for our training room roundup. We're going to just take a peek at what is going on here. There is unfortunately a lot and a little at the same time. So I'm going to touch on Jaquan Priskers more specifically a little bit later for one of my points, but didn't participate. Concussion, probably out. Nick Davis, high ankle sprain, definitely out. Tremaine Edmonds, knee. He had a hyperextension. Uh, Mine most likely has a bone bruise in there. Um, The fact that they haven't put him on IR or anything like that to me shows there was no severe ligament. Question
0: question to you just based on, it looked like a hyperextension to me. Mm -hmm. What would make it also become a deep bone bruise?
1: So really a bone bruise just occurs where, you know, one bone hits another and you just And you bruise the cartilage and the bone itself. So in that hyperextension, if you're listening to the podcast, you're going to have to picture this. If you're watching me, you watch my hands, I guess, Um, right? Because this is your knee joint, right? And if you get that hyperextension here, the front of that tibia and the front of the femur can slam on each other.
0: And that's where that bone bruise
1: would happen. The thing that sucks is uh, right in that area is cartilage, the meniscus, and that's a very avascular or basically not a lot of blood flow area. So it takes a little good amount of time for that to heal. Uh, and that's it's super painful. More, more often than not, you can't do more damage to it, but it just sucks to deal with. Uh, similar Andy Dalton had that uh, when that's kept him out for as long as it did. And it's just yeah, it just overall sucks. Um,
0: I mean, I've had a bone bruise, but it was from banging knees in basketball. I never got one playing football, so at least that's not that I'm aware of.
1: Justin Fields also not did not participate. I'm also going to touch on this a little bit later. Uh, it's going to be a nice rant, so strap in for that one. Good news, Eddie Jackson, full participant. Hopefully, he can actually play the entire game. Braxton Jones, limited. We'll see what happens there. Important because if you look further down, if you're watching this, Larry Borum was out for personal reasons. I'm not sure what that was all about. Hopefully, nothing bad's happening on that end. Uh, unfortunately, Lucas Patrick is back um Mercedes Lewis as always has rest um a little quick touch here Terrell Smith um it was mentioned that he unfortunately is dealing with mono I've had a couple people in my DMs and mentions asking like why the heck he's not out there uh you have to keep in mind that one of the main complications with mono is you get an enlargement of the spleen and in extreme cases that can rupture causing sharp sudden pain after abdomen I mean you need surgery otherwise you get sepsis and you die um, so when it gets you could enlarged, also,
0: you could also bleed out. It's one of your biggest blood factories in your whole body.
1: hundred uh, percent. Danny is a thousand percent right on that, actually. And when you think about its location, just like out below the rib cage, um, if it's enlarged, playing football is not good. Uh, you, you hit that, it explodes. And as Danny said, a lot of blood loss, sepsis, and you could die. So uh, that can take a good bit of time. Incubation period is about four to six weeks. Uh, so. You got to wait for that. Spot. You basically just have it's a ticking t- time thing. You got to wait the four weeks at least uh, before you get back in there.
0: And isn't the just to go back to Brisker? What didn't he get cleared from concussion protocol and re-enter it? Uh, yeah, so, we're gonna, we gonna talk about that. Oh, because just because I know I've mentioned it, delayed onset concussion syndrome, guys, it is real. Like <laughs> you can get this well after the concussions actually happened. It is real,
1: just not this case.
0: Ooh spicy
1: yeah well that's my something later um we'll talk about that uh go uh really quickly let's peek at the saints what they have going on here Uh, they actually have a decent list too but you know mostly limiteds i don't even know who ty summers is and he's got a concussion and a hamstring he's basically dead to me i don't know who that is what's going on
0: (laughs) Um, he's dead to me i don't know (laughs) who this guy (laughs) it just made me think of the movie major league where they get the roster of players this guy here is dead. Cross him off then. <laughs> That's Best High Summers.
1: Um, I mean, really the only person on this list you would be, like if you were like super worried for the Saints, if he didn't play, you know, Taysom Hill is still an important part of their offense. DeMario Davis is incredibly important to their defense. So if they couldn't go, that'd be a problem. My my assumption is, we'll see on Friday, but my assumption is they're limited until tomorrow and they'll be full. Right. Uh, and then same thing with Lynn Bowden Michael Thomas. I mean, just limited in full due to some kind of illness. They'll be back.
0: Former draft Twitter crush Lynn Bowden. I still just love keep...
1: Lynn Bowden. He just seems fun. I don't know. Like, just, just a fun gadgety dude that maybe catches a football and doesn't trip and fall in the end zone.
0: Why would you trip and fall? Shouts out to Cole Komet.
1: Uh, I guess because the ball is underthrown, apparently. And so even though you're wide open, you trip on the Turf that's in the end zone. I don't know. Shouts out to Velas Jones. Yeah, not, not like I'm talking about him specifically or anything. Uh knee-jerk reactions. What you
0: got? Uh, the Bears offense is an absolute mess. Like, like I said, it goes back to the whole like I think he's just Drew Barrymore in 51st dates. Nothing is the same ever. And mm-hmm. We also learned that Tyson Bajan is exactly who we thought Tyson Bajan is. I don't care that he threw one pass 40 yards in the air. You're not a quarterback. You should be able to make a 40-yard pass. Yeah. And then for as much as we want to rag on Velas, yes, he should have caught the touchdown. That ball was also probably two to three yards short. So that's why Velas had to slam on the brakes, try to go back and get it. And the ball actually did hit him in the chest. So credit to Tyson for – Immaculate accuracy hitting him between the numbers. Too bad he had to fall backwards six feet to go get it. Um, that's my knee-jerk reaction. I, it has nothing to do with disliking Tyson Bajan. If you found a quarterback two that can do the Gardner-Minshew-Taylor-Heineke thing to get you through a few weeks, that's fine. But this idea that he was going to come in and secure down quarterback one going into the next season, come on. like What are we doing here? But, but Bajan-Orange. Yeah, Eddie and and Earl Bennett was was Agent Orange too with his orange cleats.
1: No, but you're absolutely right. I mean, he's yes, he's a rookie. He's an undrafted free agent. He has room to grow, but that ceiling is limited. Like he could he could be a story, yes, where he outworks everybody and figures out a way to you know overcome the odds. But I mean, he's also had a lot of played a lot of football. Right, I mean, he played a lot of high school, a lot of college, and that's one of the reasons why he, you know he broke so many records, like like he did in D two. Shepherd, yeah, that's where he went to school. Shepherd College, yeah. But, but like, and I and I don't, I'm not hating on him. I don't want him to fail. I'm just being realistic in that there's heavy limitations, and at this point in time. You know, he could be a very, very, very good backup. Someone you're super excited with. If your quarterback misses two games, you're like, you know what? Perfect. We got Tyson Bajan. We know we're good.
0: Yeah, and that's that's it's Taylor Heineke or Gardner Minshew or Tyrod Taylor.
1: Actually, like, I picked up Taylor Heineke in like two fantasy leagues because I'm so confident that he will do well with the Falcons.
0: Yeah, he's probably better than Desmond Ritter. Oh, he has to be. Desmond Ritter sucks. Quarterback one two years ago for Dan. Woo! Yeah, we, all, we all miss some of those. Uh, you know what the secret to draft evaluation is? You miss probably four times out of five.
1: Yeah. Don't tell anyone, though. Yeah, they'll, they'll just be bad at you for your terrible, terrible take. <laughs> um, My knee-jerk reaction. The Bears are railroading Justin Fields and are messing up their medicals. They've been doing it for years, and it's continued into this year. It's, you know, it's Monday, and they ruled Justin out for week nine. When I first wrote this, Justin Fields can grip a damn football. He's got some pain. He can grip it, and he can throw it. And at this point in time, saying that Iberflus is week to week, but he's improving, that's not week to week if you're ruling him out on Monday already. Like, that's that's too early for that to be truly week to week. And whether it's... I don't know what you're saving him for. Like, if Justin wants to go out there, if he isn't going to re-hurt his thumb, which there's always a chance to re-hurt anything, if he can grip the football and if he can efficiently play for two hours, what are
0: we waiting for? Do we know he can grip the football? I
1: do. Okay.
0: Well, I hey, mean, you, you're friends with this chiropractor. I'm not.
1: <laughs> the other thing I want to bring up is, <laughs> as you talked about, the Javon Brisker stuff. So, Monday, second-year safety was examined by the independent neurologist and was cleared of a concussion. Tuesday, starts to feel ill, showing symptoms such as a fever, persists till Friday, uh, was then brought to house hall, ruled out on Saturday. Illness was then cleared on Saturday, but the next day he still felt a bit off, then finally gets diagnosed with a concussion.
0: That sounds like the flu.
1: If you know the fuck and I'm gonna have to tell Lester that I'm swearing a lot on this podcast because he's gonna have to mark it as explicit. If you know what the fuck you are doing as a fucking neurologist, as a team doctor, as an athletic trainer, the things that Brisker is presenting with is cl- there's classic concussion stuff. Yes, there's also some weird, oh, I got some flu stuff, but there is classic concussion things in there. Well, they don't know yeah, what the hell I mean, they're doing.
0: The sensitivity, the the throwing up, the not feeling just off, just that feeling of uh like mm-hmm. but if he like my initial reaction, if you clear him, and then he's doing my initial reaction would be it sounds like the flu or maybe COVID. But why is he cleared if he's clearly still exhibiting these symptoms?
1: And that's what I'm saying. Like the, I don't know what the hell I've tried to not dive into all this, to be quite honest, because, you know, I know people on that staff, they mean well, all this all that jazz. It's not a good training staff. It can be better. And we've seen that Like the bears tend to be one of the more injured and not just like injuries. I mean, we see, yes, the saints had a decent list, but most of the people are just limited and they're going to play on Sunday and they're going to be fine. The Bears have legitimate big-ass injuries that keep people out, that send them to IR, and this is a problem. This isn't just, and this has been going back, not just the Polls era. This goes back to the Pace era. This goes back to, oh, this goes back to previous ones. This needs to get fixed. And you're going to kill someone if you send if you mm-hmm. send Juwan Brisker out there with the concussion that he had. He could have major brain issues that end up costing him his career, if not his life. So they need to get on their shit because this is bullshit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't even begin to argue with you because it's you're right.
1: So yeah, that's my knee jerk reaction. Uh, someone yeah, clip that, spread it. I don't care. There, I'm I'm standing on this right now. Justin could play this week if he really, if they really refine, if they he could play this week. Jaquan Brisker should have been ruled out forever ago and should be seeking its medical attention. That's not just in that in Hallis Hall because Hallis Hall is doing a shit ass crap job. Moving on, to be perfectly honest, what is something brutally honest?
0: I just how do we say it without really just rehashing everything? This coaching staff's in over its head. Like and I was an flu supporter, I I would thought that um I thought that when they and, and again I think I've said it on this very show on these on this very Windy City Gridiron channel. Maybe the reason I was okay with it and and was down with the hiring and him being one of the final three candidates was a feeling of comfort and safety that the only successful era of Bears football came under a similar regime. Yeah, It doesn't mean it was a bad feeling. But you brought it up earlier, the never taking accountability for the coaching staff. It's always putting it on the players down to execute. Well, at a certain point, you got to put the players in a position to execute too. And just – the medical staff, like it, everything, it's it almost feels like classic Bears, doesn't it? Everyone's promoted a spot too far. Ryan Poles may be pro- overpromoted into a GM. It's clear Matt Eberfuss is overpromoted to head coach. Luke Getzi is overpromoted to to offensive coordinator. He should still be a wide receivers coach. Or never a called plays, and never he called never called plays. plays. Not at the college level under Jorah Moorhead, or at the NFL level. He is never called plays. Um, keep going, like. You you don't have a defensive coordinator because he might be a grosso. Like you don't you don't longer have a running back because he might be a grosso. I think, his, it, I think his is he's just a dick. Yeah, it's office misconduct is what I heard. What it means? It's pretty broad terminology. Like I don't know what that is. Like what's what's gonna come up next? We're gonna find out like the the secondaries coach is the Zodiac killer or something. I I don't know. Like. <laughs> It just feels like everything is so off. And Iberfus is responsible. To an extent, Poles is responsible. You can't like, talk about the vetting when you've had to fire two people. And I don't care that Williams resigned. He was fired.
1: Yeah, he was fired. Right. The, the thing that I find interesting on that, and okay, so I'm going to be honest, this was um somewhere here. Um, So my well eat is was actually going to be talking about this whole Matt Iberfus thing. So I might as well just do it now. Um, yeah. So, but right, it's pretty funny to a sad point that Matt Eberfluss has had two staff members who were HR'd off the team. And I've said this before, right? This is supposed to be the hits culture CEO guy. Now, that being said, I, I'm i getting a little tired of the whole conversation of the, you know, vetting and hiring process
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, right, most vetting and hiring processes, and I know an NFL team is different to an extent, but like, so the end of two things with this one, the NFL is a very who do you know league. So, a lot of times it's, Hey, we need a running backs coach. Oh, well, like I know a guy who knows a guy. He did a really good job in uh, Florida. And I think he'd be great. Okay, cool. Let's bring him in. Let's have a conversation. Okay, cool. We're hiring him. So, you know, and that's a, I think it's a problem. We need to change that. There's too many coaches, sons on, on staffs. There's it's, the nepotism is wild. Um, and there's too many, like, again, just who you know versus how good you are kind of things. I'm sure there's great people who'd be a fantastic running back head coach, all these different things who aren't getting chances at the same time and I don't know how often you've done interviews yourself, Danny, to hire you know, hire people, but I, I know I've got a, a good number of them. You do the best you can to vet that person, but the person is inherently putting their best self out there during this interview. I don't care if you do five interviews. I mean, they're not going to walk up, up to you and be like, hey, by the way, if our team beat gets you know, it's two and six, I'm going to be a real
0: dick, just so you know. Every interview is a first date. You're never going to show your flaws on a first date if you can Never. Help.
1: Never, and a lot of <laughs> like times, I, if you're going to have references, you put your best references out there too. You're not going to put the one that the person you pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so, while it's not great for fluce that this is happening, and I think that still has to go back on him to an extent, of course,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think we also have to understand like th- they aren't like able to pull out and figure out. Oh, by the way, this person you know beats their dog at home, like. How would you find that out until PETA comes knocking on your door?
0: It's a fair question. I, I, and a question I don't have the answer to.
1: So I, I hear, so basically what I'm saying is I hear what you're saying. Like, I think this has to be reflected. Like this whole team, this whole regime, this whole thing is funky. And that's just the Bears way at this point. I just – I'm over the whole, like, how did you not know? How did you not know this
0: was going to happen? No, I'm with you on that. I think it's more just me voicing a frustration because this feels like it's just so bears. It's like new boss the same as the old boss. Like, we can't – it's like even – like, we didn't have this issue under Nagy. I don't believe we had it under Fox. But Aaron Cromer was, like, beating up kids at the beach or something under Mark Trestman. Like, like, (laughs) what the hell is going on? It's
1: like, I would like to just for one day take my soul and put it into a Chiefs fan's body. What does that feel like? Like put it oh, into I, I, no, a Steelers, a Steelers fan. Like how solid that organization has been
0: for so long. You know what's crazy is when I was a kid, I wanted to be a Baltimore Ravens fan because purple, dark purple specifically is my favorite color. Oh, that's a sexy
1: uniform. It's so good.
0: Like my dad talked seven-year-old Dan out of not being a, uh, a Ravens fan because he wouldn't have non-Bears fans in his house. You, you know what? how much different my, my fandom would be being a, a Ravens fan where it's like, yeah, every year, you know, you're going to compete like every year. And meanwhile, we get a circus every year. It's Ringling, Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey never actually left. It just went to Soldier Field. <laughs> Just
1: put yeah, put a tent up somewhere else. Circus fires <laughs> in tents. Wait, wait. And there. I'm never ready for it. Um, mine mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest, I just a, real quick, I'm not sure Montez Sweat will make a big enough impact on the pass rush this year. The reason I say that, you know, the problem isn't sweat, it's the scheme. The scheme sucks. You know, the engine of the scheme is the three-tech. We all know that. We've talked about that. The three-tech still isn't creating enough pressure in the middle. I mean, Sweat will still play well. He'll still get sacks. And I think he'll end up – he'll look good in comparison to what we've been seeing because he is better than what we've seen.
0: And he should make – he really should make Yannick's job easier. He should. be fair.
1: And I just don't think it's going to be one of those things where it's like – like, don't expect like – I'm saying like don't expect like the Khalil Mack Green Bay game, right? Don't expect like things like that where it's just floating off the page of you.
0: I saw a specific Pandering Bears Twitter account uh, akin it to the acquisition of Julius Pepper's.
1: Yeah, it's not that.
0: No, this guy can't hold Julius Pepper's jock. Sorry about your luck. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, between that and again, this the rest of the team just isn't there right now. You know, again, this team, this defense needs that three mm-hmm. tech when they don't have it. Mm-hmm. He'll do what he needs to do, and I still think he'll look good. It just won't be like, oh my god, he's not a game record. Fireworks, um, ain't this humorous? I already did mine, um, to an extent. So why don't you do yours?
0: Uh, Bayless Jones Jr. just mm-hmm. being Bayless Jones Jr. And you know, I appreciate the stories that come out about him. That like he he'll talk to his agent or whatever about like the eight snaps he played. He won't talk about the seven shit plays he had. He'll talk about the end around that went for nine yards. Like, did you see that? It's going like. You know, that's great. If that's your mentality, Mr. Glass half full, that's awesome. At the end of the day, he's not a football player, and I think it's pretty evident at this point.
1: So would you say that you'd be telling Blue
0: Mountain State's fantastic? I gotta
1: watch that again. It's such a good series. It's um, so great. But yeah, it's it's tough because whenever Velas does Get the ball in his droppy hands. It's so ex- there's a reason he was that open. I mean, yes, there's a I'm sure a bit of a blown coverage to it, but he's explosive and he gets and he's fast and he. It's just
0: and he he legitimately yeah. is a kid in a story you want to root for. Yeah, he just isn't good.
1: <laughs> oh, all right, well, time to preview the Saints game. Oh boy. Yeah, for anyone that actually cares. Uh, so the New Orleans Saints have a seventeen and thirteen record against the Bears all time. The Bears have lost the last seven in a row, and the last matchup was January tenth, two thousand twenty one. The Bears lost twenty one to nine in the playoffs. Miss Trubisky was the MVP, Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player, with the stat line of nineteen for twenty nine, one hundred ninety nine yards and one touchdown. Yay, bitch.
0: <laughs> That's- that's one of those. The internet will forever remain undefeated because that was just a bunch of spiteful Bears fans voting for him to oh, win that. I
1: 100 percent voted for Mitch in that one.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it was a. Uh, it always reminds me of that story of years ago when Harambe the gorilla died. A couple years after that, I think it was a rest in peace. Uh, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Harambe. Uh, I think it was a zoo in Japan or China had a baby gorilla of the same of the same species being born. <laughs> And they left it up to an internet vote to name him. And they all named him Harambe McHarambe Face. Oh my god.
1: That's awful but awesome at the same time.
0: The internet will remain undefeated.
1: Oh my god. As horrible as the internet is, it's also a fantastic place.
0: Oh, it's a delight at times. Just stay uh, off certain certain corners of it. But it's so this
1: is an interesting game. For me personally, um, and I think this is a good Tyson Bajant conversation place unless you have another thing you're going to talk about him later. I actually didn't talk about Bajan at all because I refused to in any of my other points. Um, But I truly think if Justin was playing in this game, the Bears have a chance in this. But I mean, the Saints defense is real good. Their offense is finding its way a little bit. Um, I don't know. And also, it's an away game. You know, Saints in in their dome. It's it's going to be a funky one, man.
0: Yeah, it's Dennis Allen is going to make Bajan's life hell. And he's going to pants Luke Getzi because for all the quirks and, and shortcomings he has as a head coach, he is a good defensive play caller. He legitimately is like
1: And so he's going what do you love yeah. for the Bears in this?
0: Can I say nothing? Is that allowed? You could. I mean I'll allow it it's fine. There's nothing I love. This just doesn't feel like a great matchup. I guess if I had to reach, if you can go back to two weeks ago, and find your running game again that you had against Las Vegas, you might stand a chance. Like, I just want to know why that was the same running game you started seeing when the offense exploded last year. And then you got it back for a segment, and then you lost it again for a segment, then you brought it back against Las Vegas, and then you just refused to use it. I I don't understand, especially because you've got Roshan back now. You've got Deontay Foreman. You've got – Darrington Evans is a nifty little running back. Yeah. He can do stuff. Like, why do you refuse to try to do what's working? I don't get it.
1: You know, it also seemed like they got away from, you know, the thing that we've been upset with Justin, you know, he wouldn't – there was to be an open receiver, not throwing it. The quick game has been questionable, and that was great in the Raiders game. But, I mean, how much quick game was there really in that Chargers game? Like, I don't, we weren't seeing the DJ Moore slant routes. We weren't seeing the, the 10 yard digs.
0: They were trying to make him Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. They, he, you don't have Aaron Rodgers, Luke. I hate to break it to you. Tyson Bajan ain't Aaron Rodgers. Tyson Bajan ain't freaking Justin Fields. Like, I just, I, I want to throw him in the garbage.
1: <laughs> um, my love is. The Bears run defense over the Saints run offense. According to PFF, the Saints ranked 23rd in offense. Uh, leading rusher Alvin Kamara, who has not played the entire year, yet he's somehow leading the team in rushing. He averaging 3.7 yards per carry with two touchdowns. So, I mean, good, but not great. Uh, as a team, they had 161 yards against the Colts last week, but they had 112, 89, and 136 in three games before that. Add that in that the one shimmering spot on this bear's defense is that run D I think this could be a place where they take advantage of that and make them one dimensional in the past, but then you, you know, can you stop the pass? It's a whole
0: other conversation. Yeah. I, I, the answer is don't know.
1: Uh, and that goes into my hate. But you flip it where it's basically the bears offense as a whole against the Saints' defense. Uh, Saints defense looked off a little last week. I mean, they let off a bunch of yards, bunch of points to the Colts uh, with gardner Minshew at the home. And the Colts are not necessarily a good team. Uh, but they've been good for most of the year. I mean, PFF has ranked the de- defense for the Saints uh, sixth overall Six, and yep. eighth in defensive D- in, uh, TVOA. Meanwhile, the Bears offense ranks 27th in offensive TVOA. So that is a bad matchup. Something that I know it should be a little more specific, but basically – watching this bears offense against the Saints defense is going to be rough agents better hope that this O line can hold up and that some of these guys like maybe uh, Braxton Jones can actually come back because otherwise it can be real rough
0: straight up not having a good time right now dude what's your hate <laughs> I mean you kind of covered it just the overall matchup it doesn't feel good like If you can't get home on Derek Carr, even defensively, he's going to pick you apart. It's not going to be with deep stuff because he just, that's not his game, despite him having a howitzer for an arm. Like he actually does have a good arm, he just doesn't employ it very often. Did you see
1: that uh, the Saints were pretty close to trading for Hunter Renfro?
0: Yeah, I did see that.
1: Which again goes to your point. Like you have such a big arm and your favorite. Target is is this guy who you know just runs slants and like outs and stuff
0: and, and curls and hitches and yeah just little short to intermediate stuff because that's what Derek Carr throws. Um, I, I, I there's nothing really to be excited about in this matchup. Like maybe it's Montez Sweat lining up against the rotating cavalcade of left tackles in in New Orleans, maybe really? like. <laughs> But if you're them, don't you just, like, say, all right, here's our tight end, and he's going to be over here every play.
1: I mean, that's what I would do, right? I mean, just eliminate the one threat and just have fun after that. I mean, the Bears have six and a half sacks,
0: and five of them came against Washington. And the guy who was progressing every week, Gervon Dexter Jr., had a real bad week. Oh, it was bad.
1: Um. So my <laughs> yeah, reevaluate uh, um, right. all is all about the pass rush. I know. I know. said earlier that I didn't mm-hmm. think what would have a huge impact, but I mean it'll help. You know, like you said, should help Yannick get some stuff going. Um, for defense to succeed, they, they need to be creative on how you deploy him, though, right? Some stunts, simulated pressures, etc. And as of right now, I don't think Ibrahimos
0: can be creative. I don't think that's in his bag. I just it's, don't like. A couple weeks ago, against or not a couple weeks ago, but a few weeks ago against Washington, you saw him start to deploy stuff because he has to. He but even the stuff he was starting to show wasn't like like on the creativity scale it was like three and a half or four, versus you got Brian Flores, Flores who's a ten who's just throwing shit at the wall just to do it. Yeah, Which, but don't we're not you're, asking you're for a ten. We're asking for like a five. But you're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to bring up Brian Flores me because I'm going to wax poetic. You're not allowed to do this to me. It, he was, I think,
1: both of our number one uh, head coaching candidates.
0: That was who I wanted. And then they quickly told us he's too mean.
1: Well, talking about bad takes and uh, missed uh, evaluations, I think my number th- th- my number two that year technically was Josh McDaniels. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah. And then number three was Clues. So, whoopsie doodle times two. That was just also not a great quarterback class. I mean, like, think about I mean, like the bell of the ball there was Brian Dable. And I mean, like, the second year's been a bit of a pumpkin turn for him.
0: Well, when you agree to give Daniel Jones forty plus million dollars annually, you you everything about you as a head coach should be questioned. Yeah. Cause I don't care that Joe Shane is the one who inevitably ain't the deal. The guy the guy calling the plays and the goal the guy designing the offense believes he could keep developing him and he he's gonna get he might get fired. Truth be told,
1: there could be a lot of turnover this year. Um, what was your rehabilitate for this matchup? Um,
0: your, yours, same as yours, the pass oh, rush. That's cool. why I didn't bother speaking it. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> um, X-Factor for the Saints, what you got?
0: The X-Factor for the Saints, um, Camara. Hey, pretty much. Kamara a- Cam- is still one of the best two-way running backs in football. He's not averaging the best. He is a little older now at this point. Um. But him in space, no Terrell, no not Terrell. Tremaine Edmonds, it seems like potentially. Who's your? Speaking c- enough, so who's who's going in there? Is Sanborn? San no, God. Yeah, he's your. He's probably coming in for you. He's probably your and Mike, then... unless you unless you scoot TJ over to Mike and you play Sand God at at uh, at the will. Like, I think that might make more sense because one's better than the other, but.
1: Yeah, I'm also. I mean, because your other option is, I mean, is Noah Sewell, right? I mean, other or Dylan Cole. You're not doing that.
0: I would like to see Noah Sewell. So, could you?
1: So, if you were, if you put on your defensive coordinator hat, Tremaine Edmonds is out. Who are your two between? Like, with those knowing those are your three options
0: honestly what I would probably do is probably what they would not do I would probably kick TJ into middle because he did that in Philadelphia yeah I would I would play Sanborn at the will because he he does rack up tackles he could he, he sure tackles. and then I would probably make Sewell my my pure Sam for, Sam. for the 15 20 percent of the snap he would play
1: honestly I would 100 percent agree with that I think that's the way you go um my excerpt for the Saints already said was also Camara, just a little more specifically, um, I mean, we saw how much the Bears struggled to contain Eckler, right? He caught seven mm-hmm. of eight targets for an additional 94 yards through the air and a touchdown. I mean, that angle route he had on TJ Edwards just made him look silly. Alvin Kamara, I mean, you would do the exact same thing. Just feed Kamara yep. out of the backfield and you, you win the game.
0: Yep, agreed.
1: Uh, ax Factor for the Bears, uh, can you make Derek Carr feel unsettled? Which the Bears have struggled to do. Um, you know, disguise coverages, pressure from hash rush, bring forward creatively, and as much-ish as Jaquan Brisker has gotten this year, uh, maybe not as much from general Bears fandom, but I know from uh, certain individuals that we've talked to, and I think even you might have a couple little Jake Jaquan comments, but I can't remember.
0: Um, I'm a Jaquan fan. Okay,
1: I, I couldn't remember where you were on the phone. Yeah, where,
0: where No, I, Jaquan, I'm a big fan of, because I think he's a tempo setter.
1: I think, and that's exactly what I was saying here. Like, he often gets shit on with his, you know, he's celebrating when his teammates do a play and, you know, such. But I think, you know, you really saw the defense miss him last week with that tempo you're talking about. Uh, so can another safety step up and fill, not that role, because you can't do that, but, mm-hmm. you know, but set the tempo just a little bit. It could bring a little nasty, because this goes all the way back to that 2018 playoff game against the Eagles, where, uh, you know, it was said that the Bears defense was soft. We knew we could hit him in the face, mouth, and we would be fine, and mm-hmm. that's, that hasn't really changed.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, my X factor for the Bears is actually the running game. Uh, if you can make Tyson's life easier by establishing the running game that's shown to be good in spells this year, you're going to make his life easier. I know the analytics and the everything say that. You'll know, you even get to the extreme of just don't ever run the ball. Supplement the the long and intermediate passing game, which is short passes and quick screens, which, you know, whatever. But I don't subscribe to that, especially with an undrafted free agent rookie quarterback starting his third game ever. I think your X factor could be if you can get Deontay Foreman running and you can get Roshan going and use him even in in the short passing game, utilize his multifaceted abilities, basically your running back room is what I'm getting at. Not just the running game. Your running game. your running back room. I think is your key to any offensive success. If you're just going to choose to not spam DJ more every play.
1: If you legitimately cared if the bears won or lost this, um, would Jason Hill be a concern for you at all? Or is he just teams like for some reason, see him in the
0: backfield and like short circuit for some reason. It's, you know, he has to be a concern, right? Cause he, he's not a good athlete who happened to play quarterback. He's a, He's a good athlete. They line him up at tight end. They line him up in the slot. They line him up running back. They line him back in quarterback. He is a threat, especially when you get down to the red zone. You have to be concerned with that. Like, do I think he's, like, priority number one or two? No, but he's got to be in your top five, I'd say.
1: I mean, there's a reason he's been around as long as he has and has now went from, you know, the, the Sean Payton regime, which loved him to death down to to this Allen regime. He's still there. He's still getting the wild caddy quarterback looks, et cetera, et
0: cetera. Yeah, and he's always a good bet for an anytime touchdown for like plus 600 (laughs) or plus 300 or whatever he is every week.
1: All right, wrapping up the show here. Uh, We're doing some of our props and stuff like that over-unders. Derek Carr, over-under, 325 passing yards.
0: I'm going to say under, but only slightly because he doesn't throw the ball long. Yeah, I was like –
1: I was originally thinking when I picked this number it was a little high, but when you look at his last couple of weeks, he's been hitting some bangers. Like I think it was three fifty last week, and I think oh really? Early.
0: I wasn't aware of that.
1: Yeah, surprisingly enough, um, mm-hmm. the last couple when when Alvin Kamara came back, this offense has just taken off.
0: It's almost like um, he's an X factor. It's weird,
1: oh, crazy. Um, over under, assuming he plays, Montez Sweat sacks one point
0: five. <laughs> Under, if he gets one, it'll be great. I, I don't expect multiple.
1: I was like, wanted to put it at 0. .5, then I was like, that's boring, so I just bumped it up. Um, Chris Olave, over under 0. .5 touchdowns.
0: So it's weird because Chris Olave was my wide receiver one last year in his draft class, and he looked the part last year, but he just – him and Derek Carr are clearly just not on the same page. I don't know what it is. Like and he looks like he's been dogging it a little bit, like he's just not interested in playing with Derek Carr. And you saw what was it, a couple weeks ago in primetime where he's where Derek Carr is reaming him out for not running full throttle on the on the route. Like it's not a will say under for that reason, but like it I don't know what's going on there, but it does not look good. He's got one
1: touchdown on the year mm-hmm. one and you know right like you said i mean he was in that conversation of could he be wide receiver one in that class looked solid to good last the whole it's weird it's real weird um dj more receptions
0: in the second half over
1: under two and a half
0: <laughs> you're banking on on um, He forgetting about him again, huh? <laughs> yeah, because apparently
1: DJ Moore is on your game plan and he gets like one catch in the second half.
0: I'll say over. I think they're gonna spam him. They have to get page. Why it does him. it change though?
1: Like because you play who, the commanders. It's Drew, Barrymore. Like, oh, Drew Barrymore. Oh, because <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Like you play the commanders and he goes off. And then you're just like, oh, we don't need him anymore. Just throw him the ball. He's the first read on every play. And then if he's not open, he's then He's one he of the
0: top else. 10 to 12 receivers in football. And Luke Getsy he forgets he exists. He's Luke Getsy. And then,
1: he, he. And then like, literally, I'm and I'm on the radio to, to Tyson Bajan. Throw the fucking ball to, to G.J. Moore. Just, just throw it. I don't care. Just throw it. That's all I'm saying. Um, and then last one here, Tyson Bajan. Passing yards over under
0: 250. I mean, God, his game that he was so great and he threw for like 160. He's under. He had 232 against the Chargers. I don't care. No, I, I just was I was blown away by
1: that number. Like I that's saw a, the 232, and I was like, that that's a
0: big wrong. number, but at the it, I'm holding up my big note who cares sign. Like, I don't think much of him. I'm sorry. He's a good backup, it feels like maybe. But it's just like who, who gives a shit?
1: Game predictions uh, against the line here: Bears at Saints. Saints favored by six and a half points.
0: I would say it feels like a big number, but it doesn't really we feel. We said like
1: that. Hard. I remember thinking that last week. <laughs> uh, Saints cover. And until the Bears prove otherwise consistently. I'm going to constantly take the other line and is.
0: Word to our listeners, don't let the Bears take your money.
1: <laughs> uh, tonight's game, Titans at Steelers. Originally a snooze fest, but with Will Levis's three touchdowns uh to and to Josh Hawkins going off, Steelers are favored by two and a half.
0: Uh, who are you taking? Parlay, two and a half and the under. Mike Tom led teams are twenty-two and five against rookie quarterbacks in the steel in his time with the Steelers.
1: Ooh, that's Danny Dimes stat of the day for you. Look at that. Uh, Dolphins in uh versus Chiefs in Germany. Chiefs favored by
0: two and a half. Is are we making excuses for Patrick Mahomes being sick but still playing?
1: Yeah, I think I think that was it. Plus, you know, Taylor Swift wasn't there, so
0: Taylor Swift wasn't there, right? Did she go so, to Germany? We'll we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. All right, you talk about um,
1: that. I'm going to type real quick and see. If... Um,
0: I, I will take the points. I'll, I'll take the minus. I'll take the Chiefs to cover. I think they're just a better team than the Dolphins. The Dolphins feel, and I hate saying it in a way because it, it, it's very disingenuous to a point, but they almost feel somewhat like a paper tiger, you know, where they play these really good teams and they kind of get slapped around a little bit or they don't get to do all the things that Mike McDaniel loves to do. And then they play the, the shitty teams, your Broncos of the world, and they just – drop their nuts on their head. Like It it feels like they're still trying to find their way. The defense isn't particularly good. And I think you take Pat Mahomes having a rough game, Travis Kelsey not really being himself, healthy, bad defense, Mahomes' revenge in Germany. I think that you could see the Chiefs kind of smack him around a little bit. Um,
1: by the way, it doesn't look like Taylor Swift's going to go, but Donna Kelsey is.
0: Oh, Mama Kelsey.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that counts for at least half a Swift, right?
0: Yeah, half a Swift. Third of Swift? I
1: don't know. Something of that nature. Um, next one. We got Vikings at Falcons. Falcons favored by four, post Kirk Cousins, Achilles Terror. By the way, quick sidebar, I, I don't know – did watching Kirk Cousins as a part of the uh, quarterback show change your perspective on him?
0: I still think he's as as ex- exciting
1: as plain white toast. Like yeah, he's a corny ass white dude, but like I felt, you
0: know, I, I respect him because you can tell he does genuinely work at his craft.
1: Oh, and hard, right? I mean, he grinds it out.
0: Yeah, like he he is the definition of someone like hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Right? That's the famous saying. He has worked himself to every ounce of his potential, and then to see him go
1: down the way he did—I mean, it, that just sucked.
0: Yeah, you, you do feel for him. I still think he's corny, but it's, I do feel for him. And he's not—not corny, not corny in like I use the word corny for Russell Wilson too. He's not corny like Russell. Russell's like corny in a bad way. He's this guy is corny just because he's corny. Yeah, that's just like how
1: he lived his life. Yeah, <laughs> um, And then, do we know officially the starter for the Vikings at this point?
0: At this point, I believe it's uh, the kid from BYU, Jaron Hall. Jaron Hall. Um, yeah, there we go. I'm actually weirdly, name, Hall, starting quarterback. I'm weirdly excited to watch him in some capacity because I kind of liked him at BYU. Like, he's got some flash to his game. He's got a nice arm. He's got some mobility. Do I think he's really meant for the NFL? I don't know. Not really. But it's, it could be exciting to watch him. Because was he in the draft class with uh he was the he's a rookie, so he he's rookie. a rookie because I remember yeah,
1: because yeah, we were I remember mocking him a couple times thinking he'd be a really good backup until they signed the guy that they cut mm-hmm. yeah. Um so yeah, like, who'd, you, who'd you pick? <laughs> but Falcons favorite by four.
0: I think Falcons cover.
1: Yeah, I think Taylor Heineke is a professional quarterback. Um he's yep. He's just going to just I think he's gonna do a really good job distributing to the weapons that the Falcons have and the Vikings, I don't know what the heck that Jaren Hall's gonna do.
0: We also need just in generalities to have and I'm an Arthur Smith guy, I like Arthur Smith a lot. Stop forgetting B. John Robinson exists. It hasn't just been this 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 game with the with the headache. Yeah, and to my be opinion. fair, sometimes the Falcons forget B. John Robinson. They forget Kyle Pitts exists. They forget Drake. They forget their offensive weapons exist sometimes, but they love Tyler Algier. (laughs) That's true. Tyler Algier is real.
1: Um, Cardinals at Browns. Browns favored by seven. At some point, I need the Cardinals to win another game. Just for, you know, stay away from the first and second pick.
0: Gannon has those Cardinals playing hard, but they're starting uh, a rookie. Clayton Toon, I believe is his name for Houston. Uh, Whatever, <laughs> the, I I think he has some stuff. Like he actually showed a lot of ability at Houston, and he set a, I think he set records there. Actually, that were held by Case Keenum, like for single season stuff. Maybe I might be wrong on that, but um, I don't think they cover. I think that they lose just outright and probably lose significantly yeah
1: okay so i do need the cardinals to win another game i'm not sure it's going to be this one yeah that broncos sorry that brown it sounds sounds like
0: kyler's close to back please come back um yeah he almost
1: came back this week um and lastly we have colts at panthers again first pick overall watch the colts are favored by two and a half
0: colts win the cover the 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 panthers are Awful man, like I get they beat the Texans last week, and it was a really cool moment to see Bryce Young walk into the locker room, like in clearly feel like some sort of monkey had been lifted off his back, as it were. But like, it's they're just not good. And I think Shane Steichen is the goods, he was my favorite coach coming out in this cycle. Um, and Gardner Minshew's not bad, he's a representative NFL quarterback. So um all right,
1: bull predictions here. Coxics and bull story. Uh on defense, I have Jalen Johnson gets a pick. I think you know he comes out. Derek Carr could definitely throw his interceptions here and there. Um he tries to chance a couple some windows that he necessarily shouldn't. And I think Jalen Johnson, really motivated, goes out there and gets that. On, on offense, Roshan Johnson gets two touchdowns and leads the backfield and carries.
0: Ooh, you think so, huh? Yeah,
1: I don't know why. Just a weird, funky feel. Um, yeah, I think they lean on the rookie for some reason.
0: You could be right. Uh, my defensive one is – I'm going back to the well on it. <laughs> Gervon Dexter gets his first sack. Um, Eventually, you'll be right. <laughs> one one day, <laughs> I'm going to be right. Uh, And then for the offensive one, I actually think we're going to see uh, – Potentially just because they've seemed to have been linking up. I think we're gonna get the Tyler Scott touchdown. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. And that's that goes back to
1: a point that I think I said with Kyrie. Because some people have asked, like, well, why where was Tyler Scott when because you know the Tyson Bajan had his game and everyone's like, Oh, look at Tyler Scott. Hey, why, why aren't you you know, why isn't Justin throwing there? There's something about uh comfort, right? And I think for the most part, who
0: you practice who, with?
1: He practice who do you practice with Tyson Bajan inherently is practicing with Tyler Scott. You know who didn't do super great in these games with Tyson Bajan? DJ Moore and Darnell Moody have not been as good.
0: Like it's, think of it as you go to play pickups, pick up fives. You go with your two friends, but you pick up two randos. The two randos might be better than your two friends, but are you passing to your friends or the randos? Passing to
1: your friends because you know their game.
0: Yep, exactly. Same principle.
1: Offensive player of. The game. Uh, I have Roshan Johnson based on those two touchdowns I called out.
0: Um, I differ from you. I'm going to go with the other running back. I'm going to go with uh, Deontay Foreman. I think that they're going to ride the hot hand. He's been running hard. He's, I think, I think he's probably the best pure runner on this in that running back room, which is an indictment on your play caller again, to just forget he existed for about four weeks and just leaving him at, inactive.
1: Yeah. You're wrong and you're dead to me. It's Roshan Johnson. Uh, but, <laughs> but so you're probably right. You're in our reality. Like, I mean, he is a pure runner. We saw that. Oh, like he can't block. He can't, ago, he, he can't catch. He can't do anything game. else.
0: No, it's like put ball in belly. Run that way.
1: It's, yeah. Just such a good runner. Um, defensive
0: player of the game. Who you got? Um, defensive player of the game. Hmm. You know what let's he has a good he has a good awakening. He'll get his one sack, but Montez Sweat will be the reasoning for other things happening with pressures and run stops, maybe a tackle for a loss to go along with that sack. I think he's probably I think maybe he has a good show out, especially to get his paper that he hasn't gotten yet.
1: I said Montez Sweat. Reason I wrote here is not hard to be the best pass rusher
0: on this team. <laughs> Dude, he's a t- he, all he has to be is a tall midget at this point.
1: It's that like, Family Guy like uh, scene where he's like, it's like being the tallest midget, and you know, it cuts over. It's like, can you grab that cereal off the top shelf? And it's like, a dwarf
0: oh, midget. Yes, I feel like a dwarf yes, midget.
1: <laughs> and I, well, we're gonna get canceled for that. Um, oh yeah, we are. <laughs> but anyway, King of the North, A.K.A. the MVP, the Justin Fields, you know, situation <laughs> that never happens.
0: Well, Tyson, Tyson. Tyson
1: I'm gonna start playing that now for that one. Actually, I just decided. All right, who you, you
0: got? know what? Uh, I said Tyson Bajan as a joke. Oh, DJ yeah. Moore. That right. DJ oh. Moore is my serious answer. Oh, uh,
1: okay. Um, you're gonna be so upset when Tyson Beighton throws four touchdowns. <laughs> uh, I said I broke. Oh. I broke my streak. And I could not possibly put a bear here, and I, I just put Elvin Camara. Like, I don't see. A bear oh, playing.
0: I thought we were relegated to only bears. No, you can
1: pick whoever you want. It's just it never feels right to pick someone else. Pick, but pick like, someone
0: else. Yeah.
1: I just don't see them
0: winning this game. If you honestly, then if that's the case, yeah, Kamara's the, the I think the obvious pick. He's the engine to the offense, right? Yeah.
1: So, and like I said, I don't have the stats in front of me, but if you look at it, like literally since Kamara got back, this offense has exponentially gotten better. That's it. Anything else you got to uh, share, Danny, on this Saints game or any of the hubbub that has been this Bears week?
0: Uh, nothing, man. Like I said, do your parlay under on the Steelers, (laughs) the Steelers to cover, and I would say anytime touchdown for Jalen Warren, and let's say over on receiving yards for George Pickens. There's a four leg parlay for you.
1: There you go. Four leg parley for you. If it doesn't hit, you can blame Danny. Uh, you, can you can just right, yell at me. Right there across the bottom of the screen. It's a, at Dan Mehan90. Uh, if you're listening, make sure that's D A N M E E H A N 90. Slip in the DMs and yell at him.
0: Yeah, yell at me, please.
1: That's all we got. Uh, bear down, everybody. Toodles.